This is the Personal Profitability Podcast with Eric Rosenberg. there profiteers welcome back for episode number 124 of the personal profitability podcast as always i am your host eric rosenberg and today we are back for our final episode with my very good friend sandy smith and we're going to talk all about her history as a house flipper and a landlord she has some serious battle stories that she can share with us including one we'll talk about at the end about how she had to kick a meth head out of her her house and almost lost it to the city. And that one is a little bit mind-blowing for me. I've been looking at getting into some real estate investing, and, and these stories make me a little bit nervous, but also inspired because I know what to look out for if I begin my landlord journey. So if you have any interest in learning about investing in real estate, that has been a big part of Sandy's long-term income plan and her businesses. So she's going to give us some great gems of wisdom that we can all apply, whether we live in New York like her or anywhere else in the world. So we're going to dive in with her right now to talk about how to succeed as a house flipping landlord on the Personal Profitability Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for our final episode with my very good friend, Sandy Smith. Sandy, are you ready to get profitable? I am so ready to get profitable. Getting profitable is my favorite sport, I think. I, I kind of like it, too. Can we make an Olympics out of getting profitable? Yeah, we, that, that'd be fun. We should have the Profitability Olympics. It can be an online competition where people like side hustle so you can make the most money in a short period of time. Dude, I... We need to do this. We need to do this for January 1st. You heard it here first. Let's do this, really. That's great. I'm totally totally serious. We should do this. Awesome. So before we do our Profitability Olympics, we're going to talk about one final personal profitability topic. I have been very interested in getting more into real estate. I've made quite a bit on my own condo uh, on a house in Portland. Of course, I was in a super hot market, so it was impossible to not make money on a house in Portland at the time I was there. But if you want to get into real estate for the long term, there is a lot you need to know and there's a lot you need to understand. And Sandy is a landlord and a flipper and upgrader. So today we're going to talk about five lessons learned becoming a house flipping landlord. Yes. Oh my gosh. The lessons. <laughs> first, no, uh, first lesson is look for a good deal. Absolutely. Well, people get hung up on a house location or the size or the design. These days, by the way, all these design shows on TV will have you having a very skewed look on homes, thinking everything's got to be like perfect for you to buy it to get a good deal. Wrong. Look for a good deal. And a good deal in one location might not be a good deal in another location. A good deal might mean it's a great price for what you get. Maybe you don't have to put that much work in it. Or maybe you do have to put a good amount of work in it, but it's good for what you're getting. Maybe it won't take that long for you to get up to speed. Maybe it's already rented and it's cash flowing already. You're not really doing anything to it. Whatever it is that you're looking to do, Make sure that the numbers make sense and that you're getting a good deal. And if you can, and usually you can, negotiate. 
You have to negotiate real estate deals. Don't just buy there at the price they put out there. Negotiate upfront because every dollar that you can save up front multiplies on the back end. So good deals all around. Look for those. Run the numbers. Like spreadsheets are your friend. If you don't know how to do them and you don't know how to do spreadsheets, either find someone to help you that can or don't get into real estate. Because if you can't run the numbers, it's like you might as well just go to Las Vegas and put it all on black. You know, there's a good chance you'll double your money, but there's a good chance it'll go to zero. So don't guess. Run the numbers for sure. Take Eric's advice. Number two, don't be emotional. Yeah, don't be emotional. I I just, I see it happen a lot with, I'm going to be the one that says it. I see it happens a lot with women. We're more focused on the look and the design and things like that. And we get attached to things. Uh, but I've, I've actually had it happen with my husband as well. I've had to tell him recently, honey, you don't live here and you're not going to live here. So this isn't for you. Stop making it for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, take all of your feels and just put them away because they should have nothing to do with it. Business is business. And that even in, in counts. I know this is going to sound cold, but if you have tenants, it's still business is business. You know, you, they're not your family. You don't owe them anything. It's a business relationship. And if they're not paying the rent, they got to go. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't use profanity on this show very often, but I'm going to drop an F-bomb right now. Go if ahead. you have kids listening, put it on mute for five seconds. If you have tenants that are messing your place up or not paying the rent, kick them the f*** out yes. right now. Don't hesitate. Like, Yeah, put the 72-hour notice on the door. That's what a lot of states do for the eviction process. Get them out because they're just going to damage your place and drain you of money. They don't care about you. They don't look at you as family. <laughs> I've had to evict tenants. And nice people, but when it came down to it, I was about my money. And I didn't care. I didn't care about your sob story because I've got to pay bills. And I've actually seen this happen in the house that was directly next to me where I physically lived in New York. The people who bought the house, flipped it, put tenants in there. They, they refreshed it, put tenants in the house. They ended up losing the house because, <laughs> because they fell for sob stories. And they didn't evict people fast enough. And in New York, it takes a while to evict people. And they lost their house. Oh. Do not be emotional about it. It is a business transaction. In California, one of the worst is if you own a property and you're not physically there and someone breaks in, we have really strong squatter protection laws here. So even if it's a vacation property or something you're not trying to turn into a cash flow, always keep eyes on your property. Always make sure if you are not managing them, they are being managed. And yet take that emotion out because people will take advantage of you if you don't. They absolutely will. Number three. You've got to have the right team in place. What have you learned recently from your own experience having the wrong team in place? You were telling me offline. Eric has heard me crying about this, and I complain about this on Instagram all the time. Oh, my gosh. It can cost you time, money, and emotion if you do not have the right team in place. I've had a contractor who I had to fire, actually. He's cost me, and I'm, I, I'm not lying to you, he's cost me about $30,000. Can you say that one one more time? $30,000. Wow. He's cost me. And that's what a lot of people make in a year. Like, that's an annual salary for many people in this country. Yes, it is. It's, it's what I made my first year coming out of college. 
$5,000, six months worth of time, six months. This place has been here um, because of him and because he got me two building violations, all because we had the wrong contractor. You know why? Because said contractor was a friend of my husband's and my husband hired him in an emotional state because we were going through some things with his mom who was sick at the time and he just wanted somebody else to handle it. So you see how it was like a, a roller coaster of crazy. You must have the right team in place. P.S. I have hired a new person. And being my own contractor, we've gotten more done in the last three weeks than he got done in six months. So having the right team in place is super important. It's very important. I have a good friend who is a property manager, and I had to beg him for, I don't know, six or nine months to fire his property manager because they were bleeding him dry. They were charging him $400 a month to lose him money. Like, oh, that's crazy. Like, you got to stop. You got to just take it over yourself. Because again, don't be emotional. Have the right team in place. And remember, no one cares more about your money than you. And if people are not respecting your money, especially if you're paying them, you need to move on. There there should be, you know, I have a, you know, fool me once, shame on me, or shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. I have a very low tolerance for crap. And unfortunately, in the real estate world, I've learned you just... You can't trust people at all. It's it's sad that you can't trust people, but you can't. Everyone is out for themselves in real estate, and you have to be out for yourself a lot more than they're out for themselves. And just think of the most famous person in this country with a real estate background and how <laughs> he would treat uh, you know, partners and other businesses he's worked with. You know, I don't have to mm-hmm. name him by name. You can just Google. Um, Multiple bankruptcies, not paying um, partners and, and um, not paying – People who've worked for that him, they've gone out of business. Yeah, you. It's very easy to find that information. People care more about themselves than they do about you in real estate. So you have to put yourself first. It's just what you got to do. All right. So number four, getting to a more positive (laughs) note, make sure you have enough capital. Yes. Absolutely. I think I've seen people, including myself, sometimes grossly underestimate the cost of things. I tend to overestimate these days because now I have enough experience under my belt. But whatever you think it's going to cost you, I always say add at least 15 to 20%. In some cases, Eric says you should double. Make sure that you have it double whatever you think it's going to cost you sitting somewhere that you can tap into. Because it's going to cost you more than you think it's going to cost you. Yes, that same friend who did not fire his property manager fast enough. Within about you know six weeks of him firing them, all of a sudden, all of his units were full that had been sitting empty. He had all these problems turn around within like a month that he had been dealing with for many months. Uh, but one thing that really hurt his overall business and is, is causing struggles right now as we're recording this, he bought this building over a year ago and he made an estimate for the cost for all the repairs. And it turned out that was really low. That's just what everyone does by default. That's why I said, you know, pick whatever number you think you're going to have to spend for repairs and and upgrades for your your flipping costs. So let's say you think it's going to be $100,000. Hopefully it really is, but you should have $200,000 ready just in case the hot water heater explodes and the furnace goes out and the sprinkler goes off all at the same time. It happens. It happens. (laughs) I've got a boiler that I've got to replace now that I didn't have to replace um, five months ago. Boilers are not cheap. No, they are not. You might be cheap, but boilers are not. 
I'm super cheap these days, especially having having burned thirty thousand dollars with um, contractor. You better believe I'm super cheap. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of being cheap uh, and protecting your assets, the person who is most likely to cause damage to your place is someone who lives in it. So what is tip number five? Screen, 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 and then screen some more your tenants. Yes, if you actually, the same story, it's really easy to tell a lot of stories about this particular friend's real estate woes. Uh, He's had people who's lived in his building, he's referred to as the crazy cat lady, and not because she was just a cat lady, she really was crazy. Uh, the, The guy who liked to play with fire, you don't want one of him in your building. Um, like there, there've been some, like they've all got nicknames because they have done such bizarre things. And I attribute that to, but a lot of them were inherited tenants when he bought the building and he knew he was going to be turning them over over the next couple of years as he did upgrades. But that meant that the people who owned the building before were not really screening their tenants right. Do you have any horror stories you can share? I know you can't say anonymous. You have to be. We have to be anonymous. We have to protect the people who hurt us. But yeah, I used to have a site called mytenantfromhell.com, and that particular tenant who inspired that site is no longer with us. But she was, uh, she was a, a learning experience to say in the least. And she was another person who I inherited. But my best tenants, ones who I actually got evicted were the ones who decided that they wanted to sell meth and crack out of my house. Oh, yeah. That was lovely. I mean, they're, they were entrepreneurs. I guess we can give them credit for that. Just in the wrong area. They did, all, they did however, always pay the rent on time. Yeah. But it just so it's happened It's a high margin I, but high risk <laughs> business to be in. Very high risk. <laughs> uh, I just happened to be at the house doing an upgrade on another apartment in, that, in the house um, and this was a rare occasion because I live in New York. That house is in Pennsylvania. It wasn't normal that I would be there. And guess what happens while I'm there? It was my first time actually sitting on the street corner, pulled out of my own house by the popo. Wow. So that was fun. Did you uh, did you get to video it for your? Uh... I didn't because I didn't have my I didn't have um, video on my phone at that time. That was a couple of years ago. Um, and I was sitting on the curb, covered in construction dust because I was putting in a new bathroom in the other apartment and my tenants are being dragged out by the popo um, for selling meth and whatever in my house. And a lovely police officer, I will never forget this, only because he was flirting with me at the same time, uh, (laughs) (laughs) told me that even though they were just my tenants and I I owned the home, that because they were selling drugs in my home, the town had the ability to seize my home as a drug home Whoa. as the town's property. So you know what I did? I immediately filed to have them evicted. And I used the police report as the reason for me ending their lease and terminating their lease immediately. So that was fun. So that was probably a good decision, <laughs> terminating the lease of the yeah. of the drug dealers in your house. Yep. Yeah. And you know the reason why I ended up with them? Because I was an idiot, and I did not screen these particular tenants. Um, these particular tenants came by to look at the property while I was renovating the other. I had renovated one apartment, was renovating the other. They came by to look at the, the apartment, and they were ready to move in right away. They came with a sob story about the, their previous place. She had a kid and I, I fell for it, right? I felt I had a bleeding heart. It was a mom with a kid and, you know, her boyfriend. And I felt bad with the story that they told. 
but you better believe that I learned how to screen my tenants like crazy. So in my current house that I'm renovating right now, I have ten I have people who live down the street from the house. I've lived actually lived in for the past um, 15 years or so. And they've come to look at the house while we were renovating because they knew we were renovating. They see us renovating the house and they totally want to rent the house. I told my husband, absolutely not. He goes, why? I said, anyone who wants to rent your house before they find out how much it actually costs to rent your house, there's a problem there. <laughs> ask how much it is. That That is an interesting red flag, but probably really good advice for landlords. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They've never asked how much it costs. And we're at studs right now. Who wants to look at an apartment at studs and mm. wants to move in right away as soon as we're done? So, yeah. I use different services now to screen my tenants, but I highly recommend that you find a service or if you have a property manager, make sure that they're screening extensively. Um, And don't be afraid to be that crazy person who screens for everything. I once weeded somebody out because they were on the registered sex offender list. So yeah, lots of reasons why you should screen your tenant. Well, thank you so much for sharing that story. It's a And I know you're going through the rebuilding process and it's not cheap. So I'm wishing you the best of, I I hate to say things are luck. I know you're, you're a hustler. So I'm wishing you the best of hustle success and getting that turned around very quickly. I'll be taking donations pretty soon at this point. Set up a GoFundMe. Like help help fix the meth house that I was renting out. (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually sold the meth house, which was great by the way. Yeah, definitely don't hang on to the meth house. It's really expensive to, uh, to demeth it. It's if you've yes, never landlorded, there's some crazy things you have to go through if meth was manufactured in a property to get it to be considered habitable again. It's basically a hazardous time bomb. Yeah, yeah, it's bad stuff. And and for some reason people think it's a good idea to put that in their nose or their lungs. I'm like, Ugh. yeah. Crazy. Don't don't sniff battery acid, please. It's bad <laughs> it's bad for your future profitability (laughs) you would think that's something you shouldn't have to say right you would think well anyway thank you so much sandy for taking the time to chat with us it has been a wonderful month having you here on the personal profitability podcast i know it took us a couple months of promises to get this lined up but it has been so much fun it has been an absolute pleasure Uh, can you remind everyone one more time where they should go if they want to you know join your communities or follow you or connect with you yeah, you can find me everywhere as the Yes, I Am Cheap. That's on any social media platform that you're on. I'm there as the Yes, I Am Cheap. My home base is yesiamcheap.com. And you can find The Hustle Crew if you're interested in driving your own profitability. The Hustle Crew is a Facebook group dedicated to side hustlers. So if you want to make some money, join The Hustle Crew. I know we got some hustlers out there. Thank you so much, Sandy. Thank you, listeners, for hanging around till the end. We really appreciate your time. Thank you. Well, there is another one in the can, ladies and gentlemen. As always, you can find show notes for this episode at personalprofitability.com slash blog for any recent episode or personalprofitability.com slash episode 124 for details on this episode. You know, Sandy has always been an inspiration and a friend. She does some really cool things. Really do be sure to jump in and check out the Hustle Crew. I went through and did a massive Facebook 
ungrouping after that Cambridge Analytica scandal came to light. I undid a lot of things on Facebook, but there was one group I did not leave, and that's the Hustle Crew because there's always great stuff going on there. So if you have any interest in side hustles or anything else we've talked about with Sandy over this last month, check out the Hustle Crew. Check her out on Twitter and all the other socials. It's really a great place to connect with her, and she's an awesome person to follow. But on my side, you know, if you're not following me on Twitter, I'm Eric Profits on Twitter, and I have our, my own Facebook group, or should I say our own Facebook group of profiteers. That's the Personal Profitability Mastermind. That's a free group you can find on Facebook. I'd love to see you all there. So thank you, Sandy, so much for taking the time to talk with us this month. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. We'll have our next guest coming up soon. It's actually a little fun tip. Next week is my daughter's birthday. She was born on Halloween, so I'm getting ready for her birthday party. So we'll see what we have in store. Maybe we'll have a little spooky episode or something like that next week. But right now, we have to say goodbye. Please make sure you've subscribed in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss out what's coming in the future. I always have some fun stuff planned up my sleeve. And as always, thanks for sticking around till the end. It means the world to me. And until next time, stay profitable.